Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Stands College Football Game Day Show. It is week 12, and joining me again for the 12th time, I have Mr. Andy Hopper, Mr. Tom Scavetta. How is it going, gentlemen? I'm not going to lie. I feel like shit this morning, um, <laughs> but I'm here and uh, ready to do talk, talk a little college football. What a trooper. Uh, how's it going, Tom? It's going good. You know, uh, kind of happy with uh, the results last week to an extent. Um, a lot of good games to talk about, and I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be another good week, and as we were talking about, a lot of sketchy games on the schedule this weekend. Indeed. Uh, we'll quickly jump into a recap of last week, Week 11 action. Tom, we'll cut your eye. What, what games were you watching? Um, well, Andy and I, I think I think Andy picked Baylor with me. Uh, Credit, give credit where credit is due. Uh, the Bears outscored the Sooners 17-7 to in the fourth quarter. Uh, Caleb Williams started the game, had two picks, didn't look very good. We saw Spencer Rattler come back in. Then they went back on that. They put Caleb Williams back in. Uh, Abram Smith and Jerry Bohannon, each with over 100 rushing yards. The Sooners were outrushed 297-82. to You're not going to win football games that way. And the committee... Look, we've bashed them a lot this year over the last two weeks, but I'm going to give them credit where credit is due. They knew something was up with Oklahoma, but so did the rest of the country. We knew they were bound to lose, and that field goal at the end um, just just gives a, a, a little a little more entertainment towards the end of the game. I wonder what would have happened if they missed that field goal because the student <laughs> section was already on the sidelines ready to rush the field imagine if they miss the field goal and then there's a rush that happens right after that um that's one takeaway i had and then two other games quickly um texas a&m losing to ole miss now that the aggies have three losses how will this impact alabama in the college football playoff standings well they're currently still slotted at number two uh jerry on early 152 rushing yards for the rebels and they had over 500 total yards of offense. So give credit to Ole Miss. And then I'm going to talk about my Notre Dame uh, fighting Irish, beating Virginia 28-3 to on the road without several captains. Um, Avery Davis, senior receiver, out for the season. Kyle Hamilton missing his third straight game. People before his injury were talking about him as a top five pick. So who stepped up in this game? Well, the running game stepped up. We outrushed UVA 249 to 82. Now, granted, they were without Brendan Armstrong, but when you pitch a shutout till the last two minutes of the game, it's going to improve your stock in the rankings, and it did. Notre Dame is now sixth in the AP poll and eighth in the college football playoff. Give credit to Bo Bauer, senior linebacker, and Riley Mills, who might be the new version of Isaiah Foxy. Two sacks on the day, gets the game ball from Coach Kelly. I love it. So those are my three games uh this week all right andy um i mean rock chalk jayhawk boys <laughs> 57 56 in overtime lance leopold puts his nuts on the table and goes for two the jayhawks walk out of austin with their first road conference win since 2008 57 56 with their backup quarterback i might add Jalen Daniels, 21 for 30, 202 yards and three scores. You have Devin Neal, the freshman 
from Lawrence, Kansas, 24 carries for 143 yards, three tutties. Have a day, Kansas. Congratulations on that big win. Uh, Wake Forest in an absolute shootout game, which they always uh, seem to play each week, 45-42 over NC State. Hartman with 290, 290 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Wasn't really able to take care of the ball in this game, but it still wasn't enough for uh, NC State. Uh, Wake Forest gets it done at home. They move to 9-1, and huge game with Clemson coming up this weekend. And the last one I wanted to mention was, uh, guys, is 28-3 is, is to 3 now the most dangerous lead in football? It has happened once again. Mississippi State on the road upsets number 17 Auburn, 43-34. At one point, Auburn is up 28-3 to three in this game. Mississippi State rattles off like 40 unanswered points. Uh, Will Rogers throws for 415 yards and six, touchdown, six touchdowns. I'm back to uh, fading Bo Nix, back to saying Bo Nix sucks. I do think he uh, hurt his ankle or something. I think he might actually be out for the rest of the year. But those are my three games. I thought those really stood out the most to me. Yeah, the 40 straight points on. That, that was – I left – I turned that game off. I was like, this is ridiculous. Come on, Coach Leach. Uh, and then Coach Leach does what the Leach man does, and they rattle off 40 straight. Uh, another quick one, Michigan State uh, taking a little bit to, to, to the line here, 21-17 to 17 against Penn State, who's been an up-and-down team. Um, but they got it done. That was a game they definitely needed to win. Um, obviously, you mentioned the Baylor game. Storming the field, push them off the field. Lincoln Riley just blows up, uh, and then they do kick that field goal for he did say it was for tiebreaker points which i guess that kind of makes sense but in before they had mentioned that i thought it was just like a petty fuck you lincoln we're, we're sending the field goal team out there now we're not going to keep no, that's what it was yeah I, in the back of my head i think that's uh what was going on there um and there's another quick one here that i had not finding it though oh yeah the Ole Miss texas a&m game uh i was on my way to a dinner on that one i'm not a radio guy uh, but I had to listen to that one on the radio, and I don't know if I've heard a more dominating radio call for a team. I mean, I'm in Tampa, so I'm pretty sure the radio that was coming through was an, a, like a neutral coverage. Um, but yeah, every, everything, it's it was Ole Miss, Ole Miss, Ole Miss. Uh, Texas A&M just seemed like they're getting absolutely dominated, uh, and Ole Miss does come up with that win. Um, so that was a, a notable one for me. For, for the old, uh, for the ears, uh, as opposed to watching on TV. Uh, we'll jump into our first segment here, which is road trip. Uh, we have three ranked top 10 teams here going on the road this week. Uh, I want to ask you guys who is most at risk of losing this road game to an unranked team. We have, firstly, number 10, Wake Forest, going to Clemson. Number six, Michigan, going to Maryland. And number nine, Oklahoma State, taking on Texas Tech. Tom, we'll start with you. Who is uh, most in danger here of a possible upset? I really want to say Michigan, and you guys know why. Um, but I I can't. Uh, they won with defense last week. Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks, continues to improve his draft stock immensely. And David Ojabo, that pass rushing duo, they're going to give the Terps tackles fit, so I'm not going with that. I'm going with Wake Forest, number 10 at Clemson. 
Clemson's actually favored by four and a half in this game. Uh, you know, DJ Ukulele, I mean, we could say what we want about him. He hasn't had his best year. Um, but Will Shipley has been a good running back for them, seven scores on the year. And I like Miles Murphy. I like Bale Spector, Trenton Simpson, James Skalski. I think those are guys you have to look out for. Clemson defensively, their defense has not been the problem. Their offense has. Uh, yes, Sam Hartman does have 30 touchdown passes on the season. But Andy brought up a good point earlier. Three interceptions last week in that shootout against the Wolfpack. The Wolfpack shot themselves in the foot with 14 penalties. That's why they lost the football game. Uh, look, Wake Forest really lacks defensively. They have given up 100 total points over the last two weeks. They lost at UNC two weeks ago, 58-55, and then they squeak by 16th-ranked NC State at home, 45-42. So if you're giving up 58 points to UNC, 42 points to the Wolfpack, um, you're definitely most at risk considering Clemson isn't really an unranked team. They are, but we all know they really aren't. They're, they're just having that down type of year. Uh, I'm going with Wake Forest here. All right, Andy, who's most at risk? I agree with Tom. I think it's Wake Forest. I think the other two, they don't have cakewalks this weekend, but definitely easier games than going to Clemson and I think Clemson is by far the best defense that this Wake Forest team has played yet this season so it'll be interesting to see how they <clears throat> excuse me to see how they uh, you know kind of respond to that on the year uh, you know Wake Forest is averaging 498.4 yards a game Clemson only allowing 308.9 so that's going to be the real you know the unstoppable force versus the immovable object uh, in this game for me, we know, I mean, this is a, a spot that Clemson is not used to being in, right? They, they have the opportunity to really play spoiler here and throw another conference loss onto Wake Forest resume and potentially kick them out of the ACC championship game. Uh, I think Clemson's got a lot to play for. Obviously, Wake Forest has got a lot to play for. Going to be the best game out of the three of these that we have here. And I think, uh, yeah, Wake Forest is definitely on upset alert this weekend. Yeah, this is going to be a sweep because uh, they're, <laughs> they're my pick as well. I, although I will say uh, a close second, I think, is the Texas Tech-Oklahoma State game. Um, Oklahoma State all season, I, they're almost kind of like Auburn-ish and uh, how we didn't really know, you know how they'd be. They had that loss to Iowa State, um, and you know they've rattled off three pretty good wins in a row. So you know they, they've kind, kind of settled down, but Texas Tech, you know they're they're not a slouch. They also uh, dispelled of Iowa State last week. Um, it was a close one, but this is a night game at Texas Tech, a very late game. Uh, well, I guess they're they're an hour behind. For me, uh, it looked a little late, it's eight, eight p.m. game. But yeah, it's for me, it's Wake Forest as well. Clemson is favored at home uh, in the fake Death Valley. Uh, Death Valley for me is always going to be LSU. Um, but listen, Clemson still has a shot at the ACC title game. That sounds ridiculous to say right now with the three losses they've had. If they, But if they win this game, they're still in the hunt for the ACC title game. So, you know, Dabo's been here before, maybe not with the losses, but this team is going to be put together uh, very well. Their defense is very good. It's probably going to be the best defense Wake Forest has played all season. So we're going to see a battle. And if they can force Sam Hartman to, to make a few mistakes, 
uh, get a few interceptions like NC State did, th- this they could be in a little bit of trouble here. Um, so, yeah, just an absolute sweep there. Uh, I guess that, that means t- take a watch of that game if you're, if you're uh, looking for a game to watch this weekend because uh, Wake Forest is on upset alert. Going to move on to next segment here. Let's go bowling. Got a lot of teams out there, four or five wins, looking to go bowling. There's still 22 open slots uh, of the 82. I believe 60 have qualified so far uh, for bowl games. Um, we're going to go down the line here, pick a few teams, who we think will slide into those last 22 slots. Andy, we'll start with you. Who's going bowling this year? Ladies and gentlemen, the drought has ended. This is the year. Sing us a song, the Shiano Man. Rutgers is going bowling. I'm calling it right now. They currently sit at five and five, so they have Penn State this week. Which, by the way, Rutgers plus seventeen, hammer it. Penn State <laughs> is not that fucking good. Uh, they're five and five right now. They have Penn State, uh, which they're going to Penn State. I'm not saying they're going to win uh, in Happy Valley. I don't think they are, but I like plus seventeen. But they end the year with Maryland. A Maryland team that's in, ooh, excuse me, that's in an absolute free fall right now. Uh, that hold on, Maryland has lost now. Oh, okay, just two in a row. They actually beat Indiana, but still, they're not they're <laughs> not playing good football right now. Right. Uh, I think this is definitely a winnable game for Rutgers. I think they have two winnable games for Rutgers. I don't think they're going to be at seven and five. I see Rutgers at six and six and back uh, in the bowl conversation. And then do I give my second one now too? Yep. Yeah, okay. And then my second one is going to be the school that freaked the fuck out when they hired Greg Schiano. It is Tennessee. Feels like 98 in Tennessee. Just kidding. Not exactly 98, but they're five and five. They actually seem like they're playing decent, competent football. They're like, they're not bad. Hinden Hooker is actually a pretty decent quarterback with, you know, 2,100 yards uh, and uh, 22 touchdowns to only three interceptions on the year. Big ratio guy, Brian. Uh, anyway, Tennessee has South Alabama at home this week. We know how, how the SEC likes to get their cupcakes in um, before the end of the year. So they're you'd like to assume they're going to beat a 5-5 five and five South Alabama team. Then they close the year with <laughs> Vanderbilt at home, who's 2-8. and eight and the doormat of the SEC. So I think a 7-5 and five Tennessee uh, makes their way back into a bowl game as well this year. So Rutgers, Tennessee, those are my two teams. All right, well, we're getting a double dose of Rutgers action because Rutgers is on my list as well here. This team has not been to a bowl game since 2014 uh, when they had a little man named Nova as their QB who was actually very good. I think he was in the Heisman hunt for a while, and that just kind of faded out. I don't think he even ended up getting drafted. Um, but listen, Rutgers is in probably the toughest division, I would think, uh, right now in the Big Ten East. They've had to play three top ten teams this year. I know, you know, typically there's there's usually two or three in the, like, the top 15 there, but right now they're at four, six, and seven uh, between those three top teams, Ohio State, uh, Michigan and Michigan State. And listen, Maryland, they're struggling. They've lost four of the last five games. You know, Talia likes to throw it, but it's, it's, it's watching, watching him throw. I love the kid. I think he's going to be great, but it's, 
nerve-wracking, I would I would think, if you're a Maryland fan. And I think they could definitely pull off that win. Maryland has another tough game uh, this week. I think they play Michigan. So they're probably going to lose that game pretty handily. I think they're going to be going to be a little sad, a little uh, disappointed in all these losses. And I think Rutgers is going to pull off that sixth win uh, against Maryland and Shiano's getting his bowl game. I know Rutgers is usually the butt of the jokes, but we're pulling for they're him back. this pulling for him this year. They are Rutgers, Maryland, week 12 or week 14 is or whatever the last week of the year. It's a loser leaves town game. So yeah, there, there you go. The bowl, loser, losers out of here. Exactly. Uh, and then my second one, I'm going with the Florida State Seminoles. They have a Ooh. much tougher road here. Uh, they play Boston. <laughs> Tom's face. He doesn't like that one at all. <laughs> they play Boston College on the road and go to Florida, but I'm picking them because to get them into the bowl, that would mean they would have to go into the swamp and beat Florida, which I would absolutely love. Florida was ranked preseason number 13. You guys know how much I hate preseason rankings. If Florida State, with how bad they've been this season, can knock off Florida in the swamp, that would just be such a slap in the face to all of Gators Nation. Uh, I love to hate on the Gators. So, um, listen, the Boston College game, Boston College is decent um, in conference, though, only two and four. So I think FSU can probably rattle off these last two wins. God, I, I would love to see them win in the swamp. So I'm pulling for FSU as my second team. Uh, Tom, we'll move to you. Who's going bowling? You know what? I knew this was coming, but let me save that for my second team. Uh, you'll see why in just a moment. But my first team is the Tar Heels of North Carolina. They're five and five. They host Wofford this weekend. Should be an easy dub. So, you know, maybe a vanilla pick right there, but I think they'll get their sixth win this weekend. I mean, I, my, and then, my second one was vanilla, so it's okay. I'm <laughs> and then they visit NC State the following week. I think Sam Howell has been playing more efficiently down the stretch. Um, we saw him put up 58 points against a Wake Forest team. Ty Chandler, 13 touchdown rushes on the season. And then I really like Josh Downs. People were saying, well, who's going to fill in for Deami Brown this year? It's been Josh Downs. 82 catches over 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. So UNC is my first team. I think they're going bowling. Uh, a little bit of a disappointment with the five losses, a team that was uh, should probably still be ranked if everything went right for them this year. But – you know, it's it's unfortunate. The ACC's had a down year, but I think they're going bowling. Now, for my second team, Brian, I'm going to disagree with you and take the Florida Gators. Um, I think they're at Missouri this week, winnable football game, and then they host FSU, a game that they should win. Uh, look, they scored 70 points against Samford last week. Now, now, yeah, the whole year it's been it's been Emory Jones, it's been Anthony Richardson, it's been Emory Jones, it's been Anthony Richardson. I mean, they they can't pick a guy, and it's really sad. It is really sad. Um, I think next year that'll be a non-issue. But remember this: we're looking deep down at Florida's five losses. They played Bama when Bama was number one. They played Georgia right when they became number one. So two of their five losses are essentially to the top two teams in the nation. Now, has that taken a lot out of them? Of course. But I, I think the quarterback controversy has played into this, but I think they're going to win at least one of their final two games. So go Gators. 
All right. Tom, you shook your head at that one. I'm going to have to shake my head at that one uh, for the Gators. But we will see. Um, and we're going to move on now to our next segment, which is our shots and chasers. If I can fade this out, there we go. Uh, we got some some nice games on the on the spread here, but a lot of sketchy ones, like you said earlier, Tom. Uh, a lot of teams that could go down. A lot of top ten uh, games on this sheet. We'll start with the first one, probably the biggest one of the entire weekend, as far as the college football playoff goes. We have Ohio State taking on Michigan State. This is at the shoe. Michigan State has a big win against Michigan, um, but this is probably a, a tougher matchup here. Andy, we'll start with you. Who do you think's taking this game? I I think I have to go with the Buckeyes just for the fact that, you know, they're at home, and I question if this Michigan State defense is going to be able to stop their passing attack. I mean, they're they're, they're allowing 329 pass yards per game. Ohio State's averaging 353. We know about C.J. Stroud. We know about these just insane receivers they have on the outside, Smith and Jigba, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. I mean, where, I mean, where do you want me to – I mean, I could keep going. I mean, the only reason I think Michigan State has a chance in this game is, of course, Heisman candidate Kenneth Walker III. If they can get him going, I mean, he carried them to that win over Michigan, which I still maintain they didn't deserve. Michigan blew that game. Um, But neither here nor there. I think Ohio State gets the job done. I don't know about this spread, though. Ohio State minus 19. That seems like a little high um so we'll see i I, might yeah i just question the how the spartans are going to stop the ohio state passing attack i think it's going to be too much for them yeah i agree i'm on the buckeyes here as well they pretty much cancel each other out on the ground game uh as far as you know rush defense goes which is Mm -hmm. you know interesting because these are two of the best backs in all of college football if if i you know they had leaned i guess a little bit more on travion henderson at the beginning of the season ohio state I think he could be right there, you know, alongside Kenneth Walker on the Heisman hunt. You know, he was, when we did our Dark Horse Heismans earlier, Travion Henderson was one of my picks. Um, probably, you know, a little bit of a stretch. Fine. Just keep patting yourself on the back, Brian. No, it, it. It's, it's a big stretch because he's a freshman. But like you said, they just have so many weapons. It's hard to just focus on one guy. And I agree. The, mo- the most concerning thing here is that pass defense. Uh, for Michigan State because C.J. Stroud has gotten into a rhythm and he's lighting it up. And it's a little bit ironic, honestly, because Mel Tucker has taken this team from his uh, first season last year, 2-5, and five, to, you know, this fantastic team. He was a DB coach at Ohio State back in 2004, and their biggest problem is their own secondary. So that's a little weird to me. Um, but, I mean, even if you, if you watch the games, you can tell that the secondary is... Um, probably the link in the chain that's the weakest. So if, if C.J. Stroud starts lighting them up early with all these weapons he has, opens the game up for Travion Henderson, I don't think just having Kenneth Walker is going to be enough here for the Spartans. So I'm going Buckeyes. Tom, who's your pick? Well, each team has one loss, right? Michigan State and Ohio State, they're both 9-1. and one. Ohio State lost to Oregon, but what's important to remember here, guys, They're undefeated in the Big Ten. They average over 46 points per game on the season. That leads the nation, the nation, over 46 points per game. 
Um, CJ Stroud has only been sacked seven times all year. So give credit to the Buckeyes offensive line, uh, partially due to the reason why Stroud has been able to throw 30 touchdown passes. He's looked really good. Um, and then you mentioned Brian Travion Henderson on the ground pretty much cancels out the impact that Kenneth Walker, the third could have on this game. Henderson has 14 rushing touchdowns in his own right. And Andy mentioned the receivers, uh, Smith and Jigba. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave has 11 touchdowns, not to mention Michigan State. I don't know if I trust Peyton Thorne going in on the road in the shoe. I mean, they lost to Purdue by 11 points. Um, yes, Kenneth Walker III is a Heisman candidate, second most rushing yards in the country, and has those 17 touchdowns, which is important. But Andy brought up a good point just a minute ago. The Spartans' defense is very suspect. If Ohio State gets off to – a large lead early that's going to minimize the impact that Walker can have on this game right because Thorne's gonna have to throw the ball a lot more um which granted the Spartans have two of their top receivers averaging over 18 yards per catch but you're going up against the Buckeyes defense which isn't too bad either not to mention we look at this series all the time Ohio State has won five straight against Michigan State They've had their number. So clean sweep here, guys. Ohio State goes on top on Saturday. All right. And then our chaser in the noon slot. This was on our road trip segment. Uh, This was also a sweep here as the sketchiest of the three games. We have Clemson taking on Wake Forest at Death Valley. Clemson obviously ranked in the top 10 still with that loss. Like I said, Clemson, or sorry, Wake Forest ranked the top 10, but Clemson still with a shot at the ACC title. Andy, we'll start with you again on this one. Uh, are we seeing the upset? I think we might be seeing the upset. Uh, this feels like a game that might be just too big for Wake Forest. This feels like one that they might not have enough firepower, and it's what we talked about earlier. It's it's defensively. It's I think Clemson has enough to shore up this attack that the Demon Deacons are going to roll out with Hartman. Uh, You know, Clemson's only allowing 15.3 points per game on the year. They they don't allow a lot of, you know, guys to get loose. They don't allow big plays. They don't allow touchdowns. You know, only 111 rush yards and 197 yards through the air allowed per game. Wake Forest is going to have their work cut out for them. I'm taking Clemson. I'm taking the upset. I know Wake Forest only needs one win to wrap up the Atlantic uh, Conference, or not the Atlanta Division in the ACC, but I think Clemson plays spoiler. As much as I hate to pick Clemson, I think they're going to win the game. I'll tell you what. I think we might see another sweep here. I'm also taking the upset. Um, Listen, Clemson started the season very, very slow, very bad. I know we all laughed at them but they've kind of gotten it a little bit together. Obviously, you know, they're not a threat for the CFP or any anything, but or any probably big bowl. But this team is looking pretty good lately. Their only loss in the last five games was to a ranked Pitt, who personally I think is a very, very good team. Kenny Pickett, obviously, um, I don't know if he's in the Heisman hunt anymore, but he's a solid QB, probably one of the best uh, QBs right now, and I think he'll be one of the highest draft picks. So that's an excusable loss. Uh, for this Clemson team that's kind of had to reset a little bit. This Clemson secondary, he's only giving up nine passing touchdowns all season. 
that's going to be a problem for Sam Hartman, who loves to throw the ball. He's got 30 touchdowns himself. But this is sort of an opposite scenario of the Ohio State-Michigan State game where Wake Forest doesn't really have a running game if Clemson can stop them through the air. So this is going to be very problematic here. Um, A.T. Perry is the guy to stop for Wake Forest. He's got 11 receiving touchdowns. If they slow him down, this offense could come to an absolute halt. Uh, And that'll be interesting to see how they adjust if that does happen. But at the end of the day, I I just really think this this Clemson team is not as bad as we laughed at earlier. And Wake Forest, to me, is still not as complete of a team to where I look at them and say, okay, they're deserving of this top 10 ranking and should easily win this game. So I'm going upset as well. Tom, are we a sweep on the upsets, or are you going Wake Forest? Yeah, look, it was an absolute disgrace that the committee decided to rank Wake Forest over Notre Dame when the initial rankings came out. Like, you want to talk about a slap in the face? That pretty much just ruined our pride for a full week, and finally they put us over them. We predicted that they were frauds, and it turns out they are frauds. Uh, Look, Clemson's won three games in a row. The only concerning factor for the Tigers in this game is that they're 0-2 against ranked teams. But their defense is you guys have been praising that and they have the third best scoring defense in the nation they're at home wake forest will not be coming out on top in this game it's going to be clemson make that the second clean sweep in a row all right moving on to the midday slate we have number two alabama taking on the arkansas razorbacks ranked at number 21 this one on cbs tom will start with you for these um I guess this would also be an upset. Are you taking the upset here as well, or uh, is Alabama holding on? Brian, I remember about a month ago, you were praising (laughs) Arkansas. You were praising Arkansas. You were picking them as an upset against every team. Uh, Usually you're spot on with your predictions, but that was one that eventually went crashing for you. Um, How Alabama is favored by 20 and a half points in this game is crazy. I actually think they should be favored by at most two touchdowns. But here's here's the thing. There's a lot on the line for Bama in this game. They clinch an SEC title berth with a win. Uh, they will enter the SEC championship game if they win this game. And we look at Bryce Young, who's probably the leading candidate for Heisman at this point. Uh, 33 touchdowns, three interceptions. People were concerned. Who's going to replace Mac Jones? Bryce Young says, just raises his hand in, in the back of the classroom and says, no problem, I've got it from here. Brian Robinson Jr. has replaced Najee Harris. It doesn't matter. The names change for Alabama every single year, and they're still the same team. We're talking about Bama having a down year, and they're ranked second in the nation. Uh, Jamison Williams, the Ohio State transfer, has 10 touchdowns. John Mechie III, uh, look, you know, he's dealt with some injuries this year, but he he's still there, and Will Anderson Jr. has 12 sacks. The Bama defense is very, very good. Now, here's where I get concerned. Very concerned, actually. Arkansas beat Texas A&M earlier this year, 20-10. to 10. Who did Alabama lose to this year? Texas A&M. So if we're basing this off of common opponents, you would pick Arkansas, right? Well, can't do it. Uh, I'm going to pick Alabama in this game, although that Razorbacks defense does scare me. Bumper pool, 100 tackles on the season, and then Monteric Brown with those four picks. 
I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think, but the Crimson Tide should be able to squeak this one out. All right, Andy. Yeah, it's interesting. I like what Tom brought up. It's this rush, this rush offense from Arkansas, number six rush offense in the nation. They've got four guys with over 450 rush yards on the year. That includes KJ Jefferson, the quarterback who's thrown for 1,917 touchdowns, as well as the 450, I think he's ran for on the ground. How does Alabama deal with that? I think they're only allowing 81, uh, y- yeah, 81 and a half uh, yards per game on the ground. Will Anderson Jr. is leading the nation in not only sacks uh, with 12, like Tom mentioned, but 24 tackles for loss so far on the year. He's going to be essential for the Tide in stopping the run. Uh, Alabama's won the last 14 meetings against <laughs> Arkansas, going for number 15, and this is just like an insane stat. Any uh, hog fans out there watching, I apologize or cover your ears. Alabama has outscored Arkansas 252-80. to 80. Over the last five meetings, that's an average margin of 34 points. So I think this one is going to be a lot closer than that, like Tom said. But it's I'm really hard-pressed not to take the tide here. You know, I, I love Jamison Williams on the outside, over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns on the year. We've talked about him all year, you know, coming over from Ohio State. He wanted to be that number one target. He wanted more playing time, uh, and he got it at Alabama. So I'm taking Alabama here, Arkansas. I think they do have more of a chance than people are giving them credit for here in this game. But I I think it's all about just pounding the rock and uh, seeing what you can do against this Alabama defense. They have to limit the mistakes as well. You can't, you cannot make mistakes, especially on the road uh, at Bryant Denny. So. Yeah, I'm going Alabama as well. Tom, thanks for calling me out, guy. Um, uh, yeah, I I was very hard, uh, toward <laughs> hard towards uh, the Razorbacks. There, I will say that. Um, listen, they're a very fun team to watch. They still they still are. Uh, KJ Jefferson is a, a fantastic player, and he's really fun to watch, um, both through the air and on the ground. But the problem here is that Alabama's rush defense is just too good uh led by obviously like you guys mentioned will anderson they're only allowing 81.5 yards on the ground this season uh something interesting that was brought up um on sec nation was that last week against lsu uh who is more of a traditional you know mix it up passing and throwing team similar to alabama i would say especially this season because mac johnson uh sorry max johnson uh, and Bryce Young uh, are both good through the air um, and, and very accurate, was that Arkansas switched to man coverage when all season long they've been going uh, more zone. So it'll be interesting, I guess, this this week to watch if they try the same thing against Alabama because I, I don't think they're going to generate enough offense here to... If, if Alabama scores even just 28 points, I think this game is probably over. Um, just because of how stout that rush defense is, which is where Arkansas has been eating up a lot of these teams. So um, that that's going to be the battle for me to watch. You guys already covered the weapons. I mean, Bryce Young, yeah. Heisman, prob- I think favorite uh, right now. Um, and, you know, Jameson Williams, w- what a transfer grab for them. So I'm going with the Tide as well for this one. Sorry, Arkansas. Uh, I've got to get off 
off the Razorback train a little bit. Um, and then moving into our chaser for 3.30, we have Cincinnati ranked number five right now, taking on SMU. This is probably Cincinnati's toughest game uh, of the season. Uh, lost camera fees a little bit there. Uh, hopefully those come back, but Cincinnati's toughest game of the season so far. Going to Dallas. Or no, sorry, this is this is in Cincinnati. Um, all right, feeds back. Okay. Uh, Andy, we'll start with you on this one. We seen an upset, or is Cincinnati getting probably their their best win uh, in the committee's eyes? I would assume uh, this weekend. Uh, God, I hope they get their best win. I want Cincinnati in the playoff. I predicted they were going undefeated <laughs> on the first episode of this show, but this is a test. This is going to be a test for Cincinnati. We've seen them struggle with teams that they really should be handling uh, in the past few weeks. Obviously, I think. This past week, you know, they beat USF 45-28, kind of got back on the horse a little bit. But, you know, a one-score game with Tulsa that Tulsa probably should have sent into, you know, overtime. Um, what else? Navy kept it close. SMU has a chance in this game, and it's Tanner Mordecai, guys. He's He's got 3,200 yards, and he's second in the NCAA with 37 touchdowns. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to test Sauce Gardner. They're going to test Kobe Bryant, uh, and we'll see who wins that battle. Look out for Hall on the out. Or, I'm sorry, not Hall. It's uh, Dan. Uh, may have lost uh, the video feeds here for a second. Hopefully those coming back soon. I think we've lost audio as well. Uh-oh. Are we back? Are we back? Did we lose? Are we good? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> you froze, and then uh, screens all went black, but I can hear you guys now, so. Okay. Um, I don't know <laughs> You're talking. anybody heard. You're talking up to, uh, I got up to Sauce Gardner, then we lost you. Test, okay, te so testing Sauce, Sauce Gardner. Gardner and... Um... <laughs> They're going to test Sauce Gardner. They're going to test Kobe Bryant uh, in the secondary with this potent passing attack. You know, the Mustangs are averaging 329 yards through the air. Is it still out? Yeah, your audio is still good. <laughs> it's We're fine? Yeah, the audio is still fine. Okay. Yeah, you're you're pretty choppy, too. Um, okay. I'm, I'm all thrown off here. Anyway, <laughs> what to watch for? The Cincinnati defense is really fucking good. They have, they, they're they only allowing 164 yards through the air. This potent SMU passing attack, we'll see who kind of wins that. 41 points a game for the Mustangs so far this year. Cincinnati's only allowing 16.2. Who wins that matchup? Desmond Ritter's got to take care of the ball. This needs to be a statement victory for Cincinnati. I'm taking the Bearcats. I think SMU covers the 11 points, though. All right, Tom. Well, Andy pretty much uh, talked about it all with Tanner Mordecai. He also has – I mean, he lets it rip. Seventh most, most passing yards in the nation as well. Um, Danny Gray's a threat. So is Rasheed Rice, eight touchdown catches. And defensively, they have DeVere Levelston with six and a half stacks. Now, the real question is, what's Cincinnati been leaning on this season? Their defense – and their run game. 
If SMU gets off to a hot start, Cincinnati's going to have trouble coming from behind. They're not a team that's built to come from behind, and this is what scares me. Uh, Jerome Ford has 15 touchdown rushes on the ground. Desmond Ritter also with five touchdown rushes in his own right, but their leading receiver is Alex Pierce, who only has four touchdowns on the season. So I can't take a shot at the guy because he ripped us a new one uh, a little (laughs) over a month ago, but – defensively sixth fewest points per game allowed in the country the sean pace kobe bryant with 11 passes defended and uh ahmad gardner sauce gardner with the three picks so uh this is really tough i really want to pick mustangs in this game you guys know i'll be rooting for the must the mustangs in this game if they get out to an early lead you're gonna hear it from me but uh the bearcats the bearcats they will not cover that spread but the Bearcats are going to win. Yeah, I'm taking Cincinnati as well. I do, listen, the, these last three games have been a little sketchy. We've seen a lot of teams play some sketchy games uh, against unranked opponents. You know, we've talked about it all year, the season of parity. But I think I, I, this team hasn't been this good in probably at least over a decade. And I think they were looking ahead. They knew everyone was talking about you know, the weak strength of schedule, I think they're looking ahead to this game, and that uh, has slipped them up these past few weeks, but they did still leave with the Ws. But listen, Tanner Mordecai lit us up last week, uh, my UCF Knights. He has 20, 27 touchdowns, sorry, 37 touchdowns this year. But listen, this is a very good secondary that he's going up against. Amon Gardner still has not given up a touchdown. Teams just don't want to throw it to him. That's how good this kid is. Uh, Props. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Sauce Gardner. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but uh, now you're throwing me off. Um, uh, yes. Shit. Yeah, how does it feel? <laughs> the, Test. <laughs> the, the Sauce uh, is very good. Kobe Bryant on the other side also very good here. So I, I think I agree pretty much with all your assessments. Cincinnati wins the game, but the spread – probably a little too high uh 11. that's a lot of points yeah but, like points. but i think the most notable notable thing for me you know at least on the win side is that smu's uh last two losses have been on the road so and this game is in cincinnati i think that will i mean that those fans are going to be rocking i know tom didn't like it when i brought it up about the notre dame game but you know the, those fans are behind this team 100 percent. this is probably their mm-hmm. one shot unless we get a 12 team playoff uh, of in the future, you know, to get into the college football playoffs, so they're going to be rocking. That stadium is going to be rocking, and I think they pull off the win here. Then going into our late game slate, we have ranked Oregon, number three. People don't like to see them that high. Um, taking on a ranked Utah, number twenty-three. This game starts at seven thirty on ABC. Tom, we'll start with you. This is an upset, or are the Ducks going to pull this off? We've had four clean sweeps throw fa- so far <laughs> through our shots and chasers. I don't think that's ever happened since the three of us have been on this show. Um, you know what? This is where things get interesting a little bit. Oregon, 9-1. and one. Utah, 7-3. and three. Utah's actually favored in this game by three. But I've got to tell you, since that overtime loss to Stanford, Oregon's looked pretty good. I think Anthony Brown is okay. He's a serviceable quarterback. He's not going to lose you football games. But – he is their second leading rusher with eight touchdowns on the season behind Travis Dye, 
who was also averaging six yards per clip and 12 touchdowns. That is their strength. That is the, the teeth of their offense, the rushing attack and the offensive line. They lost Penesuel to the draft. They've replaced him just fine. Their receivers, that's where there's an issue. No receiver has over two touchdown catches on the season. So they haven't been very good. Um, there, there's really no key player to watch on the offense. So you could pretty much key in if you're uh, Utah on die, on Brown. And defensively, this is where Oregon really shines. Noah Sewell, 79 tackles, three sacks, five passes defended. Verone McKinley with five picks. However, Utah does have three losses on the season. They were all on the road. Utah's 4-0 at home, and they're going to be home this weekend. Uh, Cameron Rising has been rising as of late. 14 <laughs> touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Tavion Thomas, 14 touchdown rushes. And I like TJ Pledger a lot. I think he's a good complimentary back. Also, over 500 yards and five touchdowns. This Ducks defense has not seen a team this year yet that has had two running backs rush for over 500 yards. And we got to give love to the tight end. Brant Kuth, five touchdowns. Dalton Kincaid, also five touchdowns. Utah Utes love their tight ends. Devin Lloyd defensively, linebacker, six sacks, three picks. Reminds me of Devin White a little bit. Uh, Nephi Suell, Noah and Penny's brother. There's a battle of the Suells in this game. Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch. And it's crazy. If Utah wins this game, they could meet again in the Pac-12 title game. This could be a potential thing that could happen. But you know what? Oregon's heavily favored in this game, uh, according to the rankings. And that's why I'm going with Utah. I'm going with Utah in this game. Number three, Oregon is going to get upset by the Utah Utes and lose any chance they have at the college football playoff. And once again, prove to the committee why they should have never been ranked third in the nation despite their win over Ohio State. The amount of bias in this committee <laughs> when making these rankings is absurd, and we're going to see two top 10 teams go down again this week. Actually, three, including Wake Forest, All Utah right. Utes. There we go. I think there may be a little bit of an agenda behind that pick. Uh, no shit. Wanting to see the Ducks go down. Andy, are we are we seeing an upset or no? No. Let's go Ducks. Uh, actually, I, I don't know. Uh, but I am going to take the Ducks. <laughs> uh, this, I mean, this game has a lot of meaning for both of these teams, right? Tom mentioned it. The Ducks need this. They need. They are third, ranked third. Uh, need to keep stacking those wins. They sit at 9-1. and one. If they win this game, or if Arizona State beats Oregon State, the Ducks have officially locked up the Pac-12 North and will be heading to the Pac-12 title game. But on the other side, Utah wins this game. They lock up the South. and They head to the Pac-12 title game. So a lot on the line for both of these teams here. Um, and, you know, Obviously, traveling to Utah, I really like what Cam Rising has been able to do for the youth since replacing Charlie Brewer and, you know, Brewer taking his ass elsewhere uh, earlier in this earlier in the season, you know, the ducks looking to make it to their third straight conference championship game. Uh, a guy that I want to mention is uh, the freshman running back from last week. I'm sorry. I, I just had his name right here. Of course. Uh, Byron Cardwell. Remember Byron could not remember Cardwell. Byron Cardwell, the freshman running back 
98 yards, two touchdowns last week against Washington State. That running back room for Oregon is banged up right now. C.J. Verdell, I don't think, is coming back at all this season. Obviously, you have Travis Dye, who's been a mainstay. Love him. No gloves. Shout out to Travis Dye. He is uh, closing in on his first 1,000-yard season uh, for the Ducks as well. I just think Oregon has too much here. I'm taking the Ducks. It is a homer pick because uh, I do I do like the Ducks, but they are in a more back against their backs against the wall. Have to have to have to have this game. So I'm taking Oregon. All right, Tom, I think you thought you were going to be alone with that Utah pick, but I'm taking the Utes here. I talked them up er- earlier in the year and you shook your head at me. Uh, now you need them to win for your Notre Dame yeah. uh, fighting just Irish. Give him, just give him there's the ricochet. <laughs> there's, the, there, there's the ricochet. We, we always got to throw in a, a ricochet here. Um, listen, Travis Dye has been phenomenal uh, replacing Verdell f- for the Ducks, but Utah only allowing 139 yards uh, on the ground per game here. And probably at, at least what I could find the most similar um, top quality running back uh, was that game they played against UCLA uh, in Zach Charbonnet, who, who's a very solid back. They only let up 146 yards on the ground to UCLA in that game. Obviously, most of them to Charbonnet. Uh, he had 65, though. Um, so that's pretty good. I think that's going to be the most similar running back they face. But the defense, it's it's pretty good for Utah. It's pretty stout. Um, listen, Brown Anthony Brown is one of those guys. He's not a Bo Nix but I still wouldn't say I, I don't entirely trust him. Uh, he's a senior, so it, it's not like <laughs> it's not like sort of a freshman jitters. It's making him uh, make mistakes. Like Andy, Andy, like you said, they have uh, sort of settled down and fallen into a bit of a rhythm here. But let's not forget that Washington game was a one-score game until very, very late. Uh, we were talking about Baylor's petty field goal. Oregon went with a petty touchdown. In that game to make it look a little bit better uh, in the committee's eyes. They had a close game against UCLA, 34 to 31. UCLA has been struggling a little bit. So, um, you know, Oregon is not without their their own mistakes this year. And I think this is a perfect opportunity uh, for the Utes in their thin air. uh, You know, maybe make Oregon a little lightheaded, a little dizzy, uh, and, and take the upset here. So I'm going with the Utes as well in the upset. I love the chaos. So feed me all of it. Give me the Utes. Uh, and in our chaser slot, we have another top 10 team taking on an unranked team on the road. Another team from our road trip. No one picked them as the biggest risk for the upset, but we have Texas Tech taking on number nine, Oklahoma State. This is at Texas Tech late at night. Andy, we'll start with you on this one. You didn't go with the Utah upset. Are you going with a Texas Tech upset? No. Uh, this one I'm more sure of, too. Texas Tech isn't beating Oklahoma State. Uh, they've got a revolving door at the quarterback position. They, you know, Columbia, who's sucks. Uh, he's, <laughs> I think he, I don't know if he's either hurt or benched. Tyler Shuck uh, from Oregon came over. He sucks. Uh, last week they had, hold on, what's his name? Donovan Smith. Uh, Donovan Smith came in and played. So that's the third quarterback they've played this year. There's no real consistency at that position. Uh, I will say the uh, Oklahoma State needs to watch out for Eric uh, Izukanma. Uh, I don't know if I said that right. but we'll take uh, it. Po- po- yeah, probably not. 
uh, Pokes fans uh, hear that name, probably start shaking uh, in their boots. He has 10 catches for 275 yards and three touchdowns the past two to- over the past two seasons. Uh, that Texas Tech has played Oklahoma State. Career high, 183 yards receiving against the Pokes last year. Obviously, that's going to be a little harder for him this year. Oklahoma State, like I've mentioned on this show before, they're not the typical Oklahoma State we're used to seeing. This is a defensive football team. Mike Gundy has been known throughout his career for having, you know, those offensive squads that are with a lot of firepower that may leave a little something to be desired on the defensive side of the ball. But if this is a defensive football team. I think they go into Lubbock. I think they get the job done. Uh, I mean, Malcolm Rodriguez has been the anchor for this defense at linebacker, 93 tackles. He's fifth among FBS active players with 327 total tackles. So I am taking the pokes here. I think they win and I think they win easily. All right, Tom, are you going double upset in our late night games or Oklahoma state holding on? Well, I haven't picked the road team yet this week, and I, th- I think it ends here, guys. Uh, the Cowboys have the eighth-best scoring defense in the, in the nation. Now, granted, they did lose at Iowa State earlier in the season, but the Cowboys are looking to win the Big 12. That Oklahoma loss last week, you know, it, it helps the Cowboys out. It helps Baylor out. You know, Warren is that 1,000-yard back with double-digit touchdowns you look at. Uh Sanders can run as well. He hasn't been losing his team games under center this year. Tay Martin and Brennan Presley are two solid receivers. Colin Oliver, six and a half sacks. Colby Harville peel with the three interceptions. You have weapons all across the board for the Cowboys. And if you're the Red Raiders, this is a rough way to end your season. You have <laughs> this game tomorrow, and then you're at number 11 Baylor next week. And Andy, you talked about the quarterback uh, carousel, which is very much a factor. There's no great pass rushers on this defense. The only player on their defense that I think has a legit shot um, to make the NFL at the moment is Colin Schooler because he takes opposing skill players to school more often than not. Uh, Three forced fumbles and one pick on the season. He's been a really good linebacker for them, but it's not going to be enough. Cowboys are going to win this game and improve their stock. They may see a legit jump as well mm-hmm. if we see the upsets we're predicting to this week. My only concern, if I can have like 10 more seconds, is this might be like a look-ahead game for Oklahoma State. Like they need to make sure they're focusing on Texas Tech and not thinking about Bedlam next week. And not, you know, they need to look at the task in front of them. Definitely could be a trap game one that you're just not thinking anything of Texas Tech and you're just looking forward to that rivalry game next week. But I still think they're going to get the win, but that's my only concern. Yeah, I'm going with Oklahoma State here as well. You know, you brought up how this is typically an offensive team, Andy, and the defense is sort of leading the way for them now. I'm going to say that's due to uh, Coach Gundy cutting that mullet off. Used to be business in the front, party in the back, and he would sling it. The mullet's gone. Now it's just business everywhere. He's uh, a man. Yeah. So Spencer he's Sanders, not, he, he's. it's almost a similar situation to me as Michigan State where they don't have a QB that can produce as much as at least they normally have, uh, especially in the Big 12 where you know it's points, 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 yards, yards, yards. Um, but listen, this defense is very good. They've only allowed three sorry two touchdowns 
in the last three games. So Texas Tech, you don't want to hear that when you're, you know, cycling through three different quarterbacks because you can't find one that fits. Um, let's, or, oh, sorry, this is 10th, 10 wins, and it'll be the 10th time to get 10 wins in program history. Sorry, it's a tongue teaser uh, there, if they can pull off this win uh, since 2010. The thing that concerns me is that these games get into shootouts between these two teams. Uh, they've combined for at least 75 points in eight of the last nine meetings. So this Take the over. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That does seem very hammerable, uh, the over, but that... <laughs> That could be something that you know makes this game a little bit iffy if we do see starting start seeing points uh, flying on the board here. I don't think it's going to happen though, because like you said, Andy, Texas Tech has no idea what they're doing in the quarterback slot. Usually, you need to have that sorted out if you want to get into high-scoring, high-producing offense. But that is going to wrap up our last game on the Shots and Chasers. That'll wrap up the show. If you want to like, you want to subscribe, it's right down there below. If you want to see Andy and Tom shows, boom, Andy, Tom, also down in the description. How can you not subscribe to that that face over there? That face over there. Uh, I know en- how. Enjoy the, enjoy the games this weekend, uh, and we'll see everybody next week.